With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, OU's got its new head coach. Brent Venables, our guy. We break it all down and project what OU staff could look like in the National College Football Roundup. We recap Oklahoma State's loss to Baylor in the Big 12 Championship game and discuss Bama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati making the college football playoff. And we finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, December 6th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in December from 6 p.m. to midnight, 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 that's not a word, you can win your share of $60,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's Rudolph's Riches promotion. Preliminary drawings are every 30 minutes, and grand prize drawings will happen at 11.59. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, still the one. Now we're recording this Sunday night. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Also, if you'd like to sponsor the podcast, Please email the Oklahoma breakdown at gmail.com. And Teddy, it is official. The plane is here. Brent Vittables was doing trivia with the crowd. I'm not sure what that was, but it was awesome. What a scene at the airport. And, and I'm not, 
I'm not trying to disparage thing, you know, disparage another school, but you contrast it with what the, what the airport looked like when a certain man took a certain job in Southern California. That's OU football, baby. That's OU football fandom. That's what it looks like when your fans care about the program and football means something. Let's go. BV's here, Ted, your guys here. Let's go. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Lincoln did his presser in front of an empty stadium, and Coach V steps off the plane, and it's a madhouse. It's a circus. There's fans there. He's run up and down the line, high-fiving people, taking pictures, signing autographs. That's what it's supposed to look like, man. What a sight. And how sweet was that jet they flew in on? Oh, my I, God. Wasn't too shabby. They <laughs> Honestly, they could have brought some extra people. It I wouldn't have been mad if they would have brought a couple of more of Clemson's players with them. Like, let's just yeah. get this over with, right? We're going we're gonna to poach a couple of them anyways. Come on. Should have just hopped on. Would have been the easiest way to get Do you it. have to officially enter the transfer portal if your dad is the coach, or is it just like an, an understood? I think they're probably everyone, like all their teamers are probably, yeah, dude, we get it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're taking it. <laughs> he on might the plane be staying too. and be like, thank God I don't have to deal with my dad anymore. That, that is a good point. All right. Uh, how do you feel, man? Because this is something that, you know, you've been trying to speak into existence for the last week. Uh, I think we've made it very clear on here that this is what we wanted. This is what a lot of former players wanted and dude it happened it actually happened it's a special place it's a different place than a lot of a lot of other big time blue blood schools um you know we've got a unique fan base we have a smart fan base um and our fan base is is it goes back a long time there's people that go to games that were season ticket holders whenever bud wilkinson won his first national championship like that's how far back we go you know there's there's schools that do really well recently and they bring in like a whole group of new fans but our fan base is deep and it's old and there's a bunch of different generations there young and old so it's a unique place man and he knows the lay of the land uh he knows what it took to have success previously when he was here and he knows what it's going to take to have success in the future. Uh, you know, there's, I would, I would call it an uncertain horizon for Oklahoma uh, with the SEC, with some of the changes that are going on, with some changes that we need to make uh, as a program to be competitive with the big boys. Um, and he, he has a great understanding of all of that, and he's going to bring that knowledge here. And the buy-in, it's already deep. Uh, former players fans i mean you can tell with people showing up there they've been waiting at the airport the plane was supposed to land at like four or five o'clock it's 10 o'clock whenever the wheels actually hit the ground and there's not a soul that left it's you know a couple hundred people deep maybe more i don't know but just an awesome awesome spectacle love it it was it was really cool to watch and by far my favorite part was him asking trivia questions to the crowd. I did, I he just I didn't see that part. How did he, I miss that? You you were probably too happy. You were probably now we'll see if he'll finally text you back now that he's actually taking the job. But it was he just started 
asking people. He like took the mic and started asking OU football trivia questions to fans, and like he was like making them answer and put them on the spot. It was great. I I will say this, and this is th- there's a reason you and I were pushing for Brent Venables so hard, and it, it has everything to do with how good of a coach he is, right? With with how sharp and bright of a defensive mind he is. But it's got everything to do with accountability and discipline and toughness. That is, that's what that dude's all about. I mean, you know it better than anyone, Ted. That is what he's going to bring. And I think that's something that's needed in this program right now and it seems like the current players you see a lot of them tweeting seems like a lot of the current players are fired up about it, especially yeah. the defensive guys so that's what i'm so excited about like you know going against his defenses in practice i can tell you not a ton of fun it's like it's like psychological warfare going into blitz period with that guy especially when you're calling the protections as a center not a fun time but he he gets it and he this is this sounds simple but like he is going to coach these kids hard he's going to coach them hard and i think that this is this is the chapter you know kind of the start of a really fun chapter of oklahoma football yeah i agree it's i think there's a really good chance that the the changes we've been asking for in subtle ways are going to take place. We we've been kind of subtle. <laughs> I don't know how subtle. We, I don't know exactly how subtle you think we've been, but it's. I know all the players up there are excited, and I'm glad they are. But it's about the it's about the it's about the change, man. And, and it's not that the previous defensive staff uh, wasn't excellent. I thought that they, I thought they did really good things. Um, I, I really liked what it, what it was that they did and what they stood for and some of the changes that they made, but it's going to be totally different when you have a defensive head coach, it's going to change the lay of the land quite a bit. Um, the structure of practice is going to change. Strength and conditioning is going to change. Defensive coaches tend to be a little bit different, a little more. Um, I, I don't want to say you just yeah, say insane. They're crazy people. They're crazy. And uh, in a good way. And I think the program's going to be run that way. It's, it's going to be different, different in a good way. Not that the previous way was was not the right way to do it. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. It's just going to be different. It's going to be intense. It's going to be tough. It's going to be incredibly demanding mentally and physically. And you're going to be able to tell the difference in my opinion, right away. So one of my favorite things about this entire thing, right? Because, and this last, this last week has felt like an eternity for me for you, for the entire OU fan base. And it's like, oh my gosh, what's taking so long? What's taking so long? And this is 
an absolutely massive decision that Joe Castiglione and the leadership of OU are making, but they they did their due diligence, right? It, it's my understanding that they were planning on interviewing Luke Fickle last night and that Fickle kind of had a change of heart last minute. So it, it, it was, you know, Brent Venables was always in the running to be the guy. They just hadn't interviewed everyone that they wanted to interview. And once what happened happened, then it was, it was clear to them that BV was the guy. But one of my favorite parts about this whole thing is, man, this, I think this last week, you know, like last Sunday was tough for, for a lot of people that care about Oklahoma football, right? Because, you know, a guy that we thought was one of our guys, like a guy that we thought was going to be around here for a long, long time in Lincoln Riley pretty much told us we weren't good enough. And, you know, I, I won't lie. I took it kind of personally. I'm, I'm sure you did too, Ted, like the fan base. And this is kind of like an Oklahoma thing, right? We, we always have that chip on our shoulder. We always feel like people are telling us we're not good enough for, you know, whatever reason they've got. And my favorite part about this is Brent Venables has been a coach for 20 whatever years. And these last several years, he's had a ton of opportunities to, to be a head coach. And he was waiting and waiting and waiting for the right opportunity. And he decided that Oklahoma was where he wanted to be. And I know he's been here before. I know what he, know, he knows what this place is all about. But the fact that he chose Oklahoma and it's where he wanted to be and where he wants to be as long as this place will have, right? This is not some stepping stone for him. He's not going to randomly disappear in a couple hours between a Saturday and Sunday. This is the job he wanted, and it's the only one he was willing to leave Clemson for. And that means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to you, and I know how much it's going to mean to this fan base. And the fact that this fan base is united the way that it is, and the former players are united. Like, I've talked to more guys this week that I played with than, dude, I can't even remember. Like, I've talked to guys this week I haven't talked to in years. And it's all because of this. It's all because we all care about the same thing. I cannot wait for all of us to rally behind Brent Venables because he's one of us, man, and he chose this place. And I, I the, the amount of support this guy is about to get is going to be insane. I cannot yep. wait. Like, this reinvigorated the fan base. Ted, like, we got told we weren't good enough. Oh, we'll show you. Right. No, I, I, I agree. Totally agree. And I, I think, and yes, I'm biased, and people will say that. And just because I'm biased doesn't mean that I'm not right. We're better off today than we were a week ago. We're better off today, I guess, than we were 10 days ago, whatever you want to say, whenever under our previous head coach. I think it's going to be different. I think it's going to be 
better. I think it's what we, we need right now. Um, you know, we talked about the narrative, Gabe. When you have Baylor and Oklahoma State and Iowa State coming into games feeling like they are the tougher football team and can knock us around and push us around and be the more disciplined, the, the, the tougher, the, the more physical, like something's wrong. Something's got to change. And I don't see that happening under Coach Venables. I mean, that's going to be goal one first and foremost. We'll figure out everything else. But we're going to be the most in shape, the toughest, the most physical, the most detail-oriented. After that, we'll figure out everything. We'll figure out the recruiting. We'll figure out the scheme. We'll figure out the game plan. But that's going to be the foundation, and we're going to start right there. And that's what we need. Now let's have some fun. Let, let's project the staff a little bit. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 560 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. And Love's has everything you need on a road trip. It's got fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is absolutely fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see the red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And make sure you bank at First Fidelity Bank. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. All right, this is the fun part, right, where we get to do a little guessing. You want to start on offense or defense? Let's go offense. Okay. So in what sounds like press conference tomorrow, like 1030, I think is, is what is scheduled. But Jeff Levy is 
the the hottest name of anyone in college football as an offensive coordinator. And he's received multiple offers from big programs, Florida, LSU, Ole Miss. They're all offering him. And I, I think they're all trying to make him the highest paid offense coordinator in the country. But he wants to be at OU. And I do want to address this because it, it's not something you can dance around, Ted. There are some OU fans that do not like the connection Jeff Levy has with Baylor and what happened there. And I think I speak for both of us when we say, hey, what happened at Baylor was terrible, right? Sexual assault, all of that, like, it's awful. But I'm not going to act like I know the details and kind of Jeff Levy's role in that. I, I don't. I'm not going to pretend I do. Like, clearly, there's a lot of guilt by association with anyone that was part of that program at that time. I understand that. Uh, I get it. But I am basing my opinion off Jeff Levy from what I hear from you guys, from you and Dusty and guys that played with him, like guys that know Jeff, because I don't know Jeff at all. I don't even think I've ever met Jeff. So I'm basing my opinion off him and like who he is as a guy from the people that have known him and played with him and, and call him a friend. And you guys all talk about how great of a dude he is. So I, I just thought we, we had to kind of bring that up because there are some OU fans, a lot of people kind of in our, in our mentions on Twitter going, hey, no, 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 we don't, we don't want anything to do with Levy. I, I understand where people are coming from. But he is the hottest offensive coordinator in the country, and he wants to come to OU. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm assuming he's going to be the next offensive coordinator at OU, but it, 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 there's, there's a little bit of you know, like some, some awkwardness going on there from some of the fan base. I'm sure you've seen that stuff too. Yeah, um, there is some of that. All I can, I mean, I don't know what the whole situation down there at Baylor was, but um, I know you can research it and find out a little bit more what went on there, and I encourage everyone to do that now that it's made its way through some of the court system and we've got the actual story out there. So uh, just go research it for yourself and go take a look and, and see what you think now because the narrative now has changed from whenever it was all initially thrown out there. So uh, just go research it for yourself and draw your own conclusion. I know Jeff. I think Jeff is an awesome dude. I think he's uh, a great coach. He's um, you, you look at the way his players react to him and the way they play for him and the relationships he builds with them think you can tell what type of a coach he is uh his guys absolutely love him uh he's a family guy he's he's excellent and you know he uh, his offenses are great they run the mess out of the football the i think the beauty of what he does on offense is the simplicity run the heck out of the football the ball's going to start in the running back's belly 90 percent either hand it play action RPO, 
uh, a lot of that, a lot of IDing matchups, what they like matchup wise and attacking those really, really simple. That's the beauty of it. Physical, physical, physical run the absolute crap out of the football. They run the ball more than anyone in the SEC led the SEC in, in rushing it then that that's saying quite a bit. So I, I think his offense would do wonders for OU. I, I really like the offense. Uh, maybe the number one reason they run actual outside zone Ted, they, they run my favorite play. So from just a football standpoint, he would be a fantastic hire, like an absolute fantastic hire. He's an OU guy. And once again, just like BV, he wants to be here. He wants to be a hundred different offers out there right now. And he wants to be here every offer essentially. And he wants to be the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. So listen, I know Joe Brady got fired by the Panthers. A lot of people are like, Oh, Joe Brady. Let's not forget. Joe Brady had one year at LSU. And that offense was amazing. And we all hate what happened (laughs) to the Sooners via the hands of the LSU Tigers that year. But, that's really the only year. And Joe Brady wasn't even calling the place. Whereas you look at Lebby, did it at Baylor, did it at UCF, doing it at Ole Miss. I mean, he's I, – I asked a couple of people that cover college football at the national level what they thought about Jeff Lebby, and one person said, hey, that dude's an offensive savant. He's that good. I was like, okay. So it, it, and it also, like, if you bring him in, like it keeps the continuity of the offensive staff, Ted, because I think that if you bring Levy in, like I fully anticipate him retaining Bill Biedenbaugh. And now Bill has, he's got multiple offers to be the OL coach at a big, at a bunch of big programs. And he had the offer to go to USC. Now, I have sources that tell me that he informed Lincoln, like, hey, if it's now, like, if I got to come now, I, I can't do that, right? And over the years, like, I've talked to Beaton, but he loves it here, man. He loves it here. He, he kind of has a plan, right? This is, this is where he wants to be. Wise family's here. So if Levy's coming, I think Beaton Bo is staying, right? It comes out that, you know, Zach Hansen and Andy Hansen, uh, Zach, who's a former offensive lineman, right? He's going out to USC and is getting added to Lincoln staff. I don't know if we'll be the offensive line coach. I don't think the timing of that is a coincidence uh, with Beatonbow probably saying, hey, maybe not no, but not right now to Lincoln. So I'm expecting Bill Beatonbow to stay, baby, and I'm fired up. And if you look at Levy's system, I do think Beaton Bo will be able to get back to some of the things he taught when I was playing for that I think kind of got removed because of the system that Lincoln Riley ran. So, and I think it'd be, it'd be kind of a nice reset for my man, Bill. And dude, he just, it, Bill Beaton Bo cannot live in LA. I just, I can't see it. I can't picture it. it just, Come on. He's a red carpet guy. Let's go. Could you imagine I think the best thing to to imagine was being Bo in a in a wetsuit out there paddling a surfboard 
after practice, you know, on a Wednesday, go out, got some, uh, got a, got a good uh, group of waves coming in, go meet the locals out there, paddle into a couple. Makes I, sense, right? I just call him. He's like, hey, what's up, Gabe? I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I just caught some gnarly swells, bruh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, uh, what? Oh, um, man. I expect me and Bo to be here. Don't go anywhere, Bill. I love you. All right. DeMarco Murray, right? Clearly got to keep him. Got to keep him, right? And USC's after him hard, obviously, but he's an OU guy. He's an OU legend. He wants to stay at OU, and I don't care who they hire as offensive coordinator. You want to keep DeMarco Murray on your staff because he's DeMarco Murray. I I mean, I, I don't know what else to say other than that. Lincoln, I, of all the people on the staff, Lincoln probably put DeMarco in the worst position, right? It's like after he leaves and everyone's like, traitor and all that stuff, it's like DeMarco's like, I can't, what do you want? I can't, I can't bail now. I played here. I'm a, you know, I'm a legend here. So, man, I hope he stays. Uh, he's killing it on the recruiting trail. Um, yeah, I, Love to keep DeMarco Murray around for sure. Look at this picture of Venables I'm showing you. Is that double thumbs up or he points? No, that's at- that's finger guns, baby. That's <laughs> finger guns. Gotta love it. Love it. So one of the great things, like if Levy comes in the offensive coordinator, is the continuity of the offensive staff. Clearly, we're talking about all these guys being retained. Joe John Finley is definitely one of those guys because him and Levy are boys and knows the offense already. And, you know, kind of talking to some of the guys on the staff over the last couple of days, like just asking, hey, who, who's going to call plays? Like, how, how's this all going to work for the bowl game? After some of those conversations, a lot of guys on this staff, including some of the defense guys, think that Joe John could be an offense coordinator already. Like he's that sharp. So if you're thinking like long term, if one of your concerns with Jeff Levy, if you're an OU fan, is like, hey, how long will he be here before he becomes a head coach, right? He was already interviewing for a group of five jobs. Well, if he's only here for a couple of years, that means he's killing it for the Sooners. And Joe John Finley, from what I'm told, seems to be the type of guy that could kind of just slide in there if if Levy took a head job, like a power five head job. Yeah. And that, you know, that is extra incentive for guys because – there's a chance to be able to move up possibly, you know, if you've got a hot coordinator that you feel like may be able to take a job sometime in the future, then that means guys can move up within the staff if they, if they perform well. So I think that's a good, good thing to have Uh, Joe John. Excellent. He's done really well recruiting, uh, building some of those relationships. So hopefully you retain him too, man. Be really good. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And then this is, this is probably the nicest thing you can say about a coach. Kale Gundy can coach whatever you need him to coach. I mean, backs, tight ends, inside receivers, outside. It doesn't matter. Special teams coordinator, wherever you need to put him, he can do it. I mean, he's been around here for such a long time. Like, he is, he's the ultimate OU guy. He's a great recruiter. So, there, there's no doubt you want to keep him around and no – Nobody cares about this place more than he does. So I don't know what Gundy's going to be doing, but I expect him to be here, Ted, because, well, he's Kale Gundy and he just that he's just here. 
That's that's what he's always he, he's that's always right. here. Yep, he's he's always here. He's always been here. I think he's I think he's instrumental. Um, you know, I he's he's probably a guy that you tab as you know associate head coach or something like that. He can coach any position. Knows the lay of the land. Knows the Big Twelve. Knows the recruiting territory. Um, can offer can offer up pretty much anything that you need. Uh, absolutely. Hopefully they keep Kale too. And you know, depending on how the breakdown goes with coaches, like uh, he could even be a like a dedicated special teams coach if if they've got those spots filled on offense. If it's Levy, and you know, I I just I think he can do anything. And one of those guys that you want to keep around in some capacity, if at all possible. Yeah. No, completely agree. Defense is where things get a little more interesting to me, right? So, you know, you know, Venables with where he's at in his career, right? Finally making the jump to being a head coach. Do you think he still wants to call the defense? Like, do you think he still wants to be the hands on defensive coordinator? Or do you think he's going to bring someone in and be more of like a CEO type guy? My guess is he calls it in the beginning. Uh, maybe the first one, two, possibly even three years, I think he calls it as he's implementing his style, his scheme, what exactly it is that he wants to do. And as he gets more comfortable with the staff, whoever he brings in, there may be a transition. I think ultimately he'd probably like to transition. And I think it may be a lot like Bob Stoops when when Bob first got here after winning a national championship at Florida as a defensive coordinator, uh, obviously brought in Mike and, and Venables. And their first year, he was heavily involved with the defense. But as the years wore on, he was less involved. And those guys ended up taking it over uh, on their own. So I think that's probably what's going to happen. He'll probably, probably maintain more control over it uh, for um, – you know, the first couple of years than even even Stoops did. But I do think at some point he'll be able to step away from it. And I think as a defensive coordinator, I think it's easier to step away from it as a head coach because you can always still step in and make a call whenever you need to. Like if it's a it's situationally you can you can say let's dial up whatever blitz. Let's let's play coverage here. Um, you know, let's you know Let's go all out. You, it's it's easier, I think, as a defensive coordinator, head head coach type, to step in and and call those plays on a on a moment's notice than it is offensively. You kind of have to have the rhythm, and it's you're either the guy or you're not. I feel like, but defensively, I think you can uh, jump in and out a little bit easier. Right. Okay. Looking at the position coaches and who will be retained or who will stay. I mean, it's kind of a guessing game, right? When, when you look at linebackers, clearly Brian Odom is one of your best friends, but BV has coached backers in his career. Like that has been, that has been the position he's focused on. Now, Brian Odom is a fantastic football coach, and I absolutely love the guy. I want him to be around here. I want him to stick around, but you got to assume that Grinch is coming after him hard to go out there to USC. And 
I just don't know because he he's a guy that wants to be a coordinator and he he wants to move up quickly. I just don't know what the best move is for his career, man. He's he's in a tough spot here. He is, and you know, unfortunately, that's you know, Lincoln. Whenever he made that move on such short notice, he put everyone in a huge bind, and you know. I think Odom is probably going to end up at USC, but I know that that's not what he envisioned all along. And, you know, his, his back has kind of been put against the wall at this moment. And that's probably where he's going to end up. Uh, I wish he could stay. I wish he had more time with these backers. I thought he did. I thought he did really good things. Um, you know, right out of the gate with Kenneth Murray, what he did with him and, and really turned his play around. Uh, end up going in the first round, which was huge. Did some really good things here. Hopefully, uh, down the road, maybe he gets another opportunity, but he's probably going to be gone. And I don't know what that means for the linebacking position because I don't think Venables is going to coach the linebackers as head coach. Could be wrong about that, but my guess is he he retains a full defensive staff just just for recruiting purposes and. I think it makes it easier to be a head coach if that's the case. If you're not coaching a position group, uh, you can bounce around. You can sit in the safeties room or the D-line room or the quarterback room or offensive line room and and just, you know, have a presence there if you need to. So my guess is he doesn't coach a position group, but I don't know where he would be leaning at linebacker. That's a it's going to be a, a difficult hire for him, probably, considering he's he's always had that group since he's been coaching. Right. So I feel bad for the guy, honestly, that he does hire at linebacker coach because he's probably going to be looking over your shoulder the entire time. What are you doing? What's happening? <laughs> and for those of you that are like, does he really sound like that? Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> When Venables is coaching, God, that guy's got an awesome coaching voice. But I will say this. He is, dude, he's one of the most intense guys I've ever been around, like on the field. But off the field, I don't know. Like, he must physically have a switch that he could just flip. He is, like, the nicest. He's got a – he's so good with the parents. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like it's like he's a different person between the lines, which is kind yeah. of what you want. No, he was great. Uh, as a recruiter, so much so that whenever I went to my first practice, I was like, what the hell just happened? Who is this guy? Yeah, it was a, it was a shock to the system. Yeah. So in a good way, in a good way. Good for you. You turned out. Okay. Okay. Defensive line wise, Calvin Thibodeau clearly knows BV, uh, clearly loves OU. He's an OU guy done some good things on the recruiting trail. He's got Gabe Dindy coming, right? Number one D lineman. What do you think happens with Tibbs? Like it, it seems like a guy that BV would want to keep around. Yeah, there's some carryover there for sure. Thibodeau's been in a couple of different coaching staffs here at OU. Um, he's got a five star D line coming in that that goes a long way. I don't know. We'll see. I know uh, Venables really likes his defensive line coach there at Clemson. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure Sweeney's going to try and keep him around. Uh, there, it's going to be hard to get any of those 
those uh, assistant coaches out of Clemson. But I don't know. I think I think Thibodeau would be able to do a good job in Venable's system, but just it's hard to get a feel where BV's mind's going to be at with the defensive staff. Yeah. And you know, obviously we'll know more here in, in the coming weeks. And by the way, a lot of assistants tend to move around after signing day, uh, or at least that's kind of been the trend recently. Uh, last guy, Jamar Kane, right? Because I don't think we need to uh, touch on the Roy Manning situation. He's probably but, gone. Yeah, he's, uh, he is not going to be retained from, from what I understand. But Jamar Kane, and full disclosure, I love the guy. Uh, I think he's cool as hell. He's and I think he's a good coach, and he's got several good Pac-12 offers on the table for him right now. And he doesn't know Brent Venables, doesn't know him. So the interview process, it'll be interesting to see. But like, I know a lot of fans want Coach Kane to stick around. I certainly want him to stick around. Now I know he's not a quote-unquote OU guy. I don't care that he's not an OU guy because the dude can recruit and he coaches his players hard, right? He coaches his guys hard. He's got the connections on the West coast that I think is important, especially now that Lincoln's out at USC and you never know how many of these recruits that OU and USC are going head to head for. We'll find out. I mean, that's, that's going to be something that's going to be certainly fun to watch here in the next coming years. But man, I don't, I like the guy. He's got a great beard, and I think he's a good coach. I hope they keep him. Oh, he's, he's done a good job. He's definitely moved the needle in recruiting, and um, you know that's, that's going to be a critical aspect of, of what Venables does here is getting out there, hitting the recruiting trail, especially on the defensive side. Um, Jamar Kane's a big up-and-comer. He is. He's got some, some good options. You know, He's from California. I'm, I'm interested to see what exactly it is that he wants to do. Um, if he wants to stay, my guess is he's going to have a pretty good shot at it, but don't know for sure. Yeah. All right. Before we, before we move on to the national college football roundup, or I guess before we'll do birthday shout outs before that, Ted, but before birthday shout outs, God, I got to say this, man. And it just, it just really bothered me over the last couple of days. I kept getting sent the same thing. I'm sure a bunch of people sent it to you too. Ted, but to all the people that were spreading those unsubstantiated rumors about Lincoln Riley, shame on y'all, man. I mean, that was, listen, I, I know a bunch of people are mad. I mean, we were mad, right? But to spread stuff like that and to come after that man's family, that's just wrong. It's wrong. And Listen, Caitlin Riley was incredibly kind to me. She was incredibly kind to everyone around here. And the fact that she had to deal with people spreading stuff that's not true is it's really, really unfortunate, man, because like they've got kids. Who knows? Like who will say what to them? Well, it'll I, be online forever. Right. I get I get that people are mad and and you can say he was scared to go to the SEC. You can say he left OU high and dry. Like that's fine. But to spread, spread that type of stuff about him and his family, that is, it's ridiculous and it's nonsense. And 
I'm embarrassed for the people that did that. Cause I, I, I got like 15 people sending it to me like, Hey, this true. And I was like, dude, what are you talking? No, it's not true. Like I have never heard one thing even in like, never heard anything like that about Lincoln Riley ever from anyone at Oklahoma. And it's embarrassing that people got to the point where they were like, you know what? I'm just going to spread this around because I don't know if people thought it was funny or what, but it's not funny. It's stupid. Listen, you can yeah. be mad that the guy left, but don't do that. That's classless. Yeah. Here's the thing. And I, 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 I there's no way that you just make stuff up and spread it around. But unfortunately that happens when no one has any information. When, when there's, there's no real information as to why did this happen? Who are we going to hire? What went down? What were the events leading up to it? What was their negotiations? Like what, what went wrong? Whenever there's zero information, everyone's going to just make stuff up and rumors are going to run wild. And unfortunately that one ran wild. And, you know, it, it's, it's one of those that, you're not going to hear someone step in and, and talk about because you don't want to, you don't want to lend any credence to it. So it just sits there and festers and it's, it's bad. And I felt like people wanted it to be true. You know what I'm saying? That, that was that the was part the that worst. really bothered me. I, I told, I don't, I probably told 50 people that it's not true. And everyone's like, Oh yeah, it is. I, it is too. Nope. Not true. Just stupid. All right. Well, that is a pleasant transition to birthday shout-outs. <laughs> Happy 38th birthday to Nick DeBolt. Nice, nice job, Nick. 38. 38. That's, that's nice. One. I remember that. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Happy 78th birthday to Grandma Mary. All right, Grandma Mary. Happy right, 78. G-Mo. Happy birthday. Happy 22nd wedding anniversary to Rick and Candy Prater. All right, Rick and Candy. Impressive. 22 is a big number. Good job. Happy happy birthday, Tara Day. Happy birthday, Tara. Happy birthday, Tara. And a last-minute text request to Ted. Happy birthday, Bob Holsey. All right, Bob. Happy birthday, Bob. You're the man. Do you know Bob? Yeah, I do. Okay. I know Bob and I know his son. Yeah, great people. Well, National College Football Roundup. But first, <laughs> do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. Guys, fall is here, but does the weather really matter? It's always hard seltzer season, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it in the hot tub, by the fire, and at the tailgate. 
You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic Drive-In flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water, or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack. Find it at your local grocery, convenience, and liquor stores. All right, let's start with the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State was so close. So close. Baylor wins 21-16. And all right, Desmond Jackson. Listen, I was on the field for Bedlam, and during warm-ups, I saw Desmond Jackson. I'm like, that's the best-looking player they've got. The guy looks like a weight room warrior. Like he is, he's jacked, Ted. And yeah. you got to run that safety over and go win the game. Now, give a ton of credit, ton of credit to Jared McVay. Like awesome play, effort play. Maybe got away with a little bit of a horse collar in midair, maybe. But you got to run that dude over, score, and win the game. Big muscled up guy. Don't die for the pylon. Take his ass into the end zone. What, a, yep. what was that? Yeah, you make it easy for him whenever you flatten it out like that. That's what he wants you to do. Um, and it's okay if you want to act like you're going wide, get him to flatten out, then stick your toe in the ground and run over him whenever he's going lateral. But, yeah, you, you got to take that and just pour it downhill, one-on-one, run through a guy. Uh, that's that that play right there is in your favor. It would be impressive for a safety to step up there one on one, giving up weight, and make that type of knockback tackle. But man, it was close. Oh, it was so close. I mean, just an inch difference between Big Twelve champs and well, not bums, but not Big Twelve champs. Like this was your opportunity. Didn't have to go through OU. Yep, and. Baylor definitely called timeout before that play, right? And they didn't give him a penalty. We all saw that, right? Yeah. What the heck is going what on? What was there? that? How is that not a penalty? Like, if that would have happened to OU, we would be losing it. I mean, it's a penalty. Terrell Bernard is in the ref's face, and so was Doyle. Like, they're both calling timeout. Yeah. And they the didn't official, have any timeouts. Official stops the clock, whistles it dead. Baylor makes their adjustments, gets the right personnel out there, and they're like, oh, you don't have a timeout. Sorry. Let's roll the clock. And here we go. But by that time, Baylor already got the advantage that they wanted. Oklahoma state's walking to the line of scrimmage about to snap the football. It was, I, I was sitting there going, you can't do that, (laughs) but I guess, I guess that happens now. Also really, really hard to win when you turn the ball over four times. It's kind of crazy that this game was as close as it was. And I think that, Tells you all you need to know about Oklahoma State's defense, especially they were lights out in the second half. But, Ted, Spencer Sanders, he had almost convinced us he wasn't this guy, but he is who we thought he is. Four interceptions, and three of them were bad. One really not his fault, but the three, I mean, just critical bad mistakes. It, it's like he took everything he had been doing for the last month and a half and said, you know what? Ah, I'm making plays today, baby. What, what was that? I don't know. Biggest moment. He four turnovers. Just can't do it, man. Championship games. You can't turn the ball over four times and expect to win. It was a tough day for him. Bad day for him. And they were still almost able to overcome it, which 
is amazing. They had the special teams play late that they absolutely needed. Had a couple of forced turnovers there themselves. So, man, just a brutal way to lose a game. Yeah, I will I will give Blake shape and the credit he deserves, right? In for Gary Bohannon, but completed his first 17 passes of the game. He was as good as you could ever expect a backup to be and thought, thought he was solid except for this game had a lot of fun things in it, Ted. The man shaping threw it out of bounds, threw it away, threw it into the first row on fourth down. And a lot of people are like, why did David Randa go, go for fourth down in that situation? He gave Oklahoma state moment. Like they've been doing that all season, right? They've gone for it on fourth down more than any other team in the big 12. It's what they've been doing. And I didn't, I didn't hate the play call either, but you have three options shaping. One of those three options is not to throw it into the stands. <laughs> on fourth down. It was so funny. Yeah. You, I mean, throw it over your head, punt it if you have to, do whatever you can, just don't waste the down away. It's like we saw the Tennessee game whenever the quarterback just, what, stepped out of bounds with the ball in his hand on like the, the last play of the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you got to have a little it, – and it's easy whenever you're watching the game, you know, from – from a hundred feet or whatever away, it, it always seems easier than what it is whenever you're out there in the mix, but that's one that's got to be cooked in as a, as a quarterback. You have to have some situational awareness. Yeah. And I'm not sure now Jalen Warren was healthy enough to stand on the sideline the entire game, but apparently not healthy enough to carry the football, hmm. but I'm not sure how big of a difference he would have made. Now, remember Oklahoma state, they ran 17 plays inside the Baylor 10-yard line, and they only scored one touchdown. Maybe Warren punches some of those opportunities in. I don't know. But Baylor's defensive line absolutely got after Oklahoma State's line. Like, they yep. controlled the entire game. So I'm not sure how much of a difference Warren would have made. Maybe not any. I mean, that's that was the biggest uh... – the biggest problem area on Oklahoma state's football team is their offensive line, not be able to move people off the ball. Now they ran the ball pretty well for most of the season, but just like the size and they've been banged up there being able to get like movement on the line of scrimmage. You could tell Baylor's defensive line is stout uh, anchored in there by the big guy at nose. So man had plenty of opportunities inside the two and couldn't punch it in. That's, that's pretty telling. Yeah, and last thing on this game, and maybe my favorite thing of the entire game, right? They they weren't scoring down around the goal line. I swear, Ted, and I didn't go back and rewatch the game, and I should have before I said this. And maybe we have some Oklahoma State fans that listen to this, and maybe they'll tell me and I'm on I'm an idiot on Twitter. But at one point, I'm pretty sure I saw Oklahoma State run Spider Two Y Banana. And I think the two options, right, in Spider 2 Y Banana, there's a fullback in the flat, and there's a tight end on the corner route. And I'm pretty sure that both options in the play were defensive linemen. I think it was Lacey and Evers. I'm pretty sure it was 89 and 98. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what I watched because I, like, I couldn't, like, get words out when I saw it. I was like, that's what you're going with in the situation. That's it. That's the play. It was, uh, now once again, 
I could I could have seen things incorrectly, but I don't think I did, and I was stunned. Looks more like a uh, a fire on a bad snap on an extra point than it does an actual offensive play. Fire! <laughs> fire! <laughs> that I couldn't believe it. I hope brutal. Someone tell me if I'm right or wrong on that play. It was it was towards the end of the game. All right, college football playoff is set. Got to talk about it. We're getting Bama versus Cincy, Michigan versus Georgia. Actually, two games that I'm excited to watch. And agree. Alabama is the number one seed. Never doubt Nick Saban. Hmm. Alabama heard everything we were saying, took it personally, came out and absolutely smacked. Georgia 41-24 in the SEC championship game. And Saban said, oh gosh, he it sounded like a psycho when he said it after the game. He said, the rat poison that you put out there this week was yummy. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he is just, but Georgia jumped out to the 10-0 lead. But Alabama's, their offense just got rolling in that second quarter, and it never slowed down. Shifted some things around on the offensive line. Those guys undoubtedly played their best game of the year. Uh, did a really solid job protecting Bryce Young. Uh, did a good job in blitz pickup. And Bryce Young absolutely picked that team apart. And they just they just couldn't, couldn't stay with them in the passing game, man. Georgia's, the guys on the back end of that defense got exposed. And they couldn't affect Bryce Young in the pocket. Yeah, that pass rush looked like it got worn down, that front seven, and uh, Alabama was able to move around. Bryce Young used his athleticism a couple of times. He looks so smooth in the pocket. Uh, has just like a beautiful release, too. Pushing it downfield, challenging him down film with the Williams kid and that great speed that he has. Like All of a sudden, you know, everyone was sleeping on Bama. Now they roll into it as the one seed, looking like the favorite. Good matchup for the the uh, semifinal. See what happens in the championship game, but give it up to Bama, man. It's about what you look like at the end. You got to peak at the right time, and they played their best football game in the SEC championship. Yeah, and give Bill O'Brien some credit. Thought he called a really nice game offensively. Still can't believe Jameson Williams couldn't start at Ohio State. Just, okay, I know they got players, but damn. Unfortunate John Mechie towards ACL. That's a bummer, but they've got they've got a lot of talent to kind of fill that void. All right, Michigan comes in at number two in the CFP rankings. And man, they they look, look damn good. good. Look really good. <laughs> I mean, they dominated Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. 42 to 3, their first Big Ten championship since 2004. And listen. Them holding Iowa's offense to three points, uh, it's not that surprising, right? They got players. Uh, the Ross kid at linebacker, we've talked a lot about Hutchinson and Najabo on the edge, but putting a 42-piece on that Iowa defense, I mean, that gets your attention. That is, that's impressive, and the offensive line has continued to be the strength of that team, playing some good ball. Uh, Corum and Haskins, kind of a thunder and lightning thing going on at running back. Caden McNamara is doing a good job managing the game, finding some tight ends that are weapons. Like they, they look balanced. They look good. Real they good. Did. They did. Uh, McNamara has really impressed me. 
I started off the year just kind of eye roll. Here's another quarterback that Harbaugh's going to underwhelm us with. And he's been great, man. He's thrown some really nice balls down the stretch. Uh, Their offense, man, it's, it's not difficult with Michigan. Just their whole team, not not just offensively, win the line of scrimmage. That's the goal. And when they win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, they're going to be incredibly difficult to beat. Really good offensive line, really good defensive line, and capable players mixed in. They're legit, man. They really are. Two really nice wins here at the end of the year. Georgia comes in at number three and clearly got outcoached, got outplayed by Bama. But really the question for me is, can they rebound from what happened? Because like this was supposed to be the year, and you got to wonder how this affects them psychologically. And you look at it, I, I don't know if a quarterback change would make sense. I actually thought Stetson Bennett was fine. I know he had the interceptions, including the pick six, but like I didn't think that was George's big issue. The big issue was the defense let him down. Right? They got picked apart by Bama's offense. So does making a move to JT Daniels help you? I I don't know. I don't think so. But listen, they I think they still have what it takes to, to win a title. And maybe this is a wake up call, but that was that was underwhelming. And there was some miscommunication in the back end of their defense. Seems like they got mixed up in some of their their zone match stuff that they'd been so good at, Ted. I don't know, but that was uh an underwhelming performance from the dogs. It was. All of a sudden, it gets a little more difficult on the back end whenever your pass rush isn't getting home in like one second every single time. Um, man, I, th- this game is going to be fascinating. Strength on strength. It's going to be an absolute battle at the line of scrimmage when both teams have the football. It, it's I, I favor Georgia, but don't sleep on Michigan, man. They're playing really good ball right now. They're peaking at the right time. Georgia's licking their wounds, and they've given something up on film that Michigan's going to be able to look at and maybe try and exploit. And and the thing about that game, and we'll preview this down the line, but Michigan has two guys that they can just run rush for, and they can both win one-on-one. Yep. Right? Georgia, I I know they got a bunch of of players along the defensive line, but, man, they just – Bama just kind of locked them up, so we'll and see. Michigan's offensive line—you'd probably would you rate them higher than Bama's? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a good matchup, man. Bama's O line did. Hey, I'll say it. they balled they out. Well. Yeah. They balled out. Okay, in Cincinnati, they did it. Ted, the Bearcats are in. Finally, a group of five team is in, and in the AAC championship game, first half. Close, a little back and forth with Houston. End up taking over things there in the second half, win 35 to 20. And some will say they got a little help from the refs on that questionable pass interference call. But, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. They they needed help to get in, right? And, and Bama gave them the help they needed. Who knows if Oklahoma State would have been able to get in. I don't know. But they're, they're in. They're in. And yeah. they get Alabama. Oh, boy. Yeah, congratulations. Welcome to the playoff. Here's the team playing the best football in the country right now. Um, yeah, they look good, dude. They put three touchdowns up in an instant there uh, at one point in that football game and blew that thing open. But 
I think Cincinnati deserves to be there. I think they're a good total football team, uh, really good running game, uh, solid quarterback that's also an athlete, dual threat guy, defensively good at all three levels, good pass rush, good edge guys, really strong on the back end. It's really it's just an all around really good football team with no real weakness. Um, we'll see what their talent looks like against the best of the best, but I I expect them to hang in there. I don't I don't expect a bloodbath against Alabama. I favor Alabama, but I don't I don't think that Cincinnati's gonna look like they don't belong. Right. And Baylor will always will always wonder, right? If if they wouldn't have been Chandler Morst, if they would have gotten in or not. Yeah, if that DB just intercepts that ball in the end zone late. It's all they needed. It's mm. all they needed. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first. Concussions are a part of football. They don't have to be a part of your pool party. Nip the slip with Soft Rocks Rubber Safety Surfacing and spend more time enjoying your outdoor parties and less time worrying about a slip and fall on your pool deck. Soft Rock of OKC specializes in customized, slip-resistant, decorative rubber surfacing for your pool decks, patios, walkways, and gym floors. Local business owners Heidi and Cody Clark at Soft Rock of OKC are ready to help you prevent that next slip. Visit softrock.com slash OKC. That's S-O-F-T-R-O-C dot com slash OKC for more information. The Clarks also own the Driveway Company. The Driveway Company has tailored solutions to eliminate all of your driveway problems. They can repair cracks, clean and seal your rotting grass field joints to prevent water damage, ultimately saving you thousands of dollars in future repairs. Visit thedrivewaycompany.com slash OKC for all of your driveway repair needs. Learn more about Soft Rock and the Driveway Company by visiting their Facebook and Instagram pages or by calling 405 405- Two nine four ninety eight thirty four, And make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence with a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio. No student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, Contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as the winner of the week? I got to go with Saban. Got to go with Nicholas Saban down there at Alabama. Uh, His team just creeping by all year. We kept waiting and waiting for them to hit their stride, pull the rope-a-dope on us, and they come out and play their best football game in the SEC championship. Um, I, I'm just amazed at what the guy does uh, year after year. Most teams have a run-up to success, and then it's incredibly difficult to maintain that level, and he's done it for 10-plus years now at Alabama. So hard to do to be that good and win this many championships whenever it's never been harder to win a championship and he's separated from the pack. He's gone from they're about to lose to Georgia big in the SEC championship to, Oh, by the way, no, you're the number one seed overall and probably the favorite to win the championship. Now, amazing stuff. And the thing that 
the thing that makes it I know that you always you always bring it up is like, dude, he's a grinder. It's none of this buddy buddy, we gotta, you know, treat the players with velvet gloves approach. Like, no, that's that's not how he operates. Yeah. Guys willingly go play football at a place where they know it's going to be brutally, brutally hard. Imagine that. Why is that the case? Well, because guys want to win and they want to go to the NFL. If you can do that, they'll go through absolutely anything to do it, and Alabama's the perfect example of that. Yep. All right, who do you have as your loser of the weekend? It's got to be Oklahoma State. You know, Oklahoma State, you know, once every five, eight years has all the pieces come together. And I think they do. I think Gundy does an excellent job there. I think he's a fantastic coach and what he's done with that program is, is just top notch, but you have all the pieces come together and it doesn't happen very often for Oklahoma state for, for obvious reasons, but it's there. You beat Oklahoma at home. You've got everything going. You've got an opportunity. Now, who knows if they make it, but you got an opportunity to make the college football playoff. You just have to get half of a yard. That's all you got to do. Just get the half of a yard and it's over. The clock's done. Baylor's not going anywhere against your defense and they can't get it done. Just an absolute brutal way to lose a game, having that many opportunities to punch it in and you can't get it done. No. That is now. Do you think it makes them feel any better that they probably wouldn't have made the playoffs even if they would have won? Like even if Desmond Jackson scores like that, I don't think they did enough to make the playoff. Does do you think that helps at all? Probably not. Probably no. No, and I don't know, man. With beating OU and then backing that up with beating a top ten Baylor, that's a pretty good resume. But maybe they wouldn't have made it anyways. Just a just a brutal ending. They packed that stadium. It was 90,000 or so in there. It was awesome to see those fans show up for them like that. But daggummit, it's going to be hard to win a Big 12 from this point on for Oklahoma State. They'll have another opportunity down the road. But, man, the stars only align every so often for OSU. And that, gosh, that defense was so good, too. But I, I will say, Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Good one. That, yeah. Sign me up. That's a that yeah. should be a good one. That so, is, that's gonna be a great game. I I was I was kind of hoping that Notre Dame was gonna get in after uh, Kelly left and see if they could make a run at a championship after their coach leaves. That would have been awesome. That gosh, that would have been that would have been interesting. All right. If you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store and buy some Balcones products. You got to grab some of Balcones' lineage single malt whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones' baby blue corn whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it's won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones' pot still bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year round. In 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the best in glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McCallan, and became the first, um, first American distillery to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. 
The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit balconiesdistilling.com. All right, for my winner of the weekend, thought about going with Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, that's right, Ted. A little F1 talk for you, buddy. He wins the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Max Verstappen finishes second. Oh, stop shocker. Me if you've heard, yeah, <laughs> stop, me, stop me if you've heard this one, Ted. But there was a hilarious moment that you will appreciate that happened in this race. Verstappen pulled a little maneuver, okay, you know, questionable, was told he had to let Hamilton take over first place. And I don't know if he did it on purpose or not, but Verstappen's like, all right, it just kind of slams on the brakes. And and Hamilton's right behind him. He like doesn't know what's going on. It just is like, oh, it just hits him. <laughs> it was wow. like, it was it was uh it was interesting, but amazing. Hamilton, like if, 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 if he's gonna pass me, I'm gonna destroy his car in the process. That's pretty much pretty much what happened. <laughs> now Hamilton ends up goes on to win, and now they are tied at 369 and a half points each heading into the last race of the season. Ted, let's go. F1 drama. That's crazy. They shouldn't even let anyone else on the track just duel it out to to win the championship. Yeah, just put those two guys on. Let's see what happens. But my winner of the weekend. The Detroit Lions. You played for them. I played for them. And the Lions got their first win of the season, baby. Now, yes, they did blow a 14-point halftime lead. That that definitely <laughs> happened. But they end up getting their first win of the season. On the last play of the game, Jared Goff rips the ball into Amon Ross St. Brown. And I do not know what the Vikings were doing. I Listen, I know last play of the game, hey, let's keep everything in front of us. But it's not like they were on the 40 dude like they weren't that far from the end zone and it was like the easiest game winning catch you'll ever see he just catches it and falls in the end zone like touchdown game over what was that yeah here's the thing a touchdown in the front of the end zone is worth the same amount of points as a touchdown in the back of the end zone so Ah. you've got to defend the whole thing you can't keep it in front of you if in front of you means in the end zone that's dude see that hey some people talk about your football mind on here, but I Smart. think they're going to they're gonna have a new level of respect for you on that one. I, I did. I, I obviously that was awesome for the Lions, but I thought what Dan Campbell said after the game was awesome. It was amazing. Gave the game ball and, and dedicated that win to the victims and all those affected by that school shooting in Oxford, Michigan. And man, just a lot of sadness in that state the last couple of days. And the Lions winning and the way that Matt or Dan Campbell, I think I might've said Matt Dan Campbell, the way that Dan Campbell handled that was, man, that was really cool. It was really, really cool. Unfortunate that that, you know, even had to be discussed just w- what a tragedy there in Oxford. But I-, I thought that was, that was really cool from Campbell and we he's, love him. So, yeah, he's a great guy. Awesome guy. Um, was lucky to play with him there in Detroit and he's poured his heart and soul into this football team and trying to win. And I think those guys recognize it. I think Lions fans recognize that that community recognizes it. So not shocking at all. Whenever you, you heard him post game, uh, really cool moment. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Also Michigan should mention Michigan wore that patch on their Jersey honoring Tate Meyer. He was that football player 
that that died at Oxford High in, in the school shooting, and just one of those things where you know things happen. You're like, hey, you you just feel like kind of God had a hand in it, and clearly tragic. But kid was number forty two on his high school football team. Family was at the coin toss. Michigan ends up scoring forty two points. I don't know. Just one of those things where awesome, just kind of lines up and gives the chills a little bit. But all right, loser of the weekend. Dude, it's got to be Manny Diaz. I mean, Manny Diaz is <laughs> – I mean, I think Manny had a, he had a Sunday now, right? <laughs> Miami is – I mean, he's Miami's doing that man dirty. I don't know what else to say. Now, he's still employed by, man, by Miami, but Miami is openly courting Mario Cristobal, and, and I will give – I'll give Diaz credit. He's still out there recruiting for Miami. He's with his assistants. He's doing his job, right? That's his job until he's told it's not. He's doing his job. Now, everyone knows Cristobal's a Miami guy, played there, coached there, family's there. But it just can't be a lot of fun being Manny Diaz right now, right? I mean, some people are like, he should resign. You can't take this disrespect. Hold on. Hold on. My man needs to collect his buyout check. Let's. Right. He's not resigning anything. So I... Just, I don't think Sunday was fun for Manny Diaz at all. No, it's brutal. It reminds me of the Green Mile. We got a dead man here. Dead man walking. We got a dead man walking here. He's like, what's going on? He's about to get axed. If Cristobal doesn't take the job, well, you're going to have to coach for another year and we'll replace you after next year, right? It's like... Obviously, you know you're getting fired at some point. I'm sure he would prefer to be fired now and not have to coach the next year and still make that money, right? Yeah. Did you see what Ross Dellinger put out from Sports Illustrated? No. He said, Mario Cristobal has a deadline of midday on Monday to accept Miami's offer. If he says no, Manny Diaz is going to remain the coach. And that they're going to make the decision on the athletic director after the coaching decision is made. Like <laughs> you talk about dysfunction, man. What is happening at the university of Miami? We'd like to hire. We need a new direction with our athletic programs, but the biggest decision to make, we're going to wait until after we do that ourselves to bring an athletic director in. Interesting. Very interesting. And okay. One question before we're done. I've gotten like seven text messages since we started recording this. And by the way, this is the second time we've recorded this podcast because the first time we recorded, it just disappeared. It just disappeared. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Ted. I'm sorry. I almost cried and my wife had to calm me down. I was so mad. Uh, Yeah. Little did you guys know we're knocking on the door four hours right now. Yeah, we're grinding. We're really grinding. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I was not going to bring it up, but it's too funny not to bring up. But. I, I've gotten like the same and people must be talking about. So Venables brings the defensive coordinator. Do we have any idea like a name or anything? I don't know. Some people have brought up Brandon Hall. Brandon Hall spent a lot of time here. He was most recently defensive coordinator at Troy. Um, he's a fantastic recruiter, really good dude. Um, they've got a really tight connection. I don't know if it would be him. Uh, other than that, I'm not exactly sure. Hmm. I, 
yeah, I don't really know. Like he's run his own defense for so long. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he will hire one though. I do, but I don't know who that's going to be. He may not. Anyone, someone with OU ties. I, I don't know. Throw a name out there. Barry Odom's done a pretty good job at Arkansas. Yeah. I have no yeah. idea if he's interested. Yeah, I don't know. Barry Odom, um, I've heard that name floating around. Obviously, he's done some really good things defensively. Uh, he's got head coaching experience. and done a good job at Arkansas. Yeah, he's he's well-respected defensive mind out there for sure. Wouldn't be All a right. bad one. Episode 170 in the books for the second time. Let's go. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Thursday morning. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on 94.7 The Ref. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Mile.